Welcome to the Chaya Podcast, a sacred platform where Jewish Iranian changemakers turn taboo topics into transformational opportunities for the community. I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar, a licensed psychotherapist with a private practice in Century City, and I'm also the co-founder of Chaya, a community of intimate gatherings for Jewish Iranians to experience meaningful connection and deepen their sense of self. The intention of this podcast is to support our listeners' evolution by challenging the rules our parents and community want for us in order to have their definition of the best life. Instead, let's decide from a more conscious place in our souls which practices we want to keep, which ones we want to let go of, and how we can own those decisions with grace so that we can thrive in more fulfilling and authentic lives. This is the Chaya Podcast, and I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar. Hey, Chaya fam. This is Nicole Napovar, your host of the Chaya Podcast. I am here with Dr. Nicole Zokaim, who is a licensed clinical psychologist and has a private practice in the Brentwood area of Los Angeles. She received her doctorate from one of the top accredited programs in L.A. and also earned her bachelor's degree from UC Berkeley. There, she also completed a minor in disability studies. Nicole primarily specializes in working with individuals and couples around developing healthier relationships with themselves and others. She also integrates her personal and professional background in illness and disability in order to support people as they navigate what it means to be a differently abled person in this world. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you Thank for joining you. us. Thank got, you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We got some Nicole Squared vibes today on the podcast. Yes, yes. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. So I'd like to just dive in with you today on the topic of disability and maybe hear a little bit from you about your narrative around being differently abled. In terms of my experience with disability, I was I acquired a physical disability early on in life. Um, and so what that means is that I wasn't necessarily born with something, but as a result of a surgery, I um, developed nerve damage in my leg, which limits my ability to like do certain everyday things. Um, and I think having a physical disability in our community is something that's so not talked about often, and maybe it's that it's not even really seen, um, which I think we'll get into more of why that is. But in having that experience from a young age and throughout my life and like will throughout my life, it's become something that I'm extremely passionate about. I'm working with in my professional world or talking about even in my personal life because it just impacts like every aspect mm -hmm. of my identity. And it's not as though it's like every part of me, but it certainly has influenced my development. And I think the fact that there's such a lack and exploring it or talking about it in our community, whether it's disability, chronic illness, just general health stuff, it just makes me even more passionate about helping people who are like struggling with it in any way. Yeah, so I'm actually curious to know, and when you say community, I know you're referring to the Persian Jewish community yes. and we're both Persian Jewish. So, yes. you know, we've traveled together and we're friends and yeah. we talk about this all the time. And I'm curious to know from you if you have any hypotheses on why that is? Why does our community not talk about this or hide this or you yeah. know what I mean? Right. I think it's a it's a really great question and it's 
I think there's so many different layers to it. But I would say if you look at it from like a sociological perspective, that we come from a community that's very collectivistic in its like ethics and its values. Whereas I think if we look at like just white America, it's a very individualistic society. society totally. And I think when you come from a very collectivistic culture, the idea or the value is really we need to fit in. We need to stick together. We really need to be unified because that's such an important element of just day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at disability or anything really that makes you different, like mm-hmm. today we're focusing on disability, but anything that really puts you maybe outside of the norm or box, I think the community can tend to get fearful of for what it means in any way, shape, or form. Like, I think in the realm of illness or disability, it brings up such feelings of like, oh, I'm. Um, it means that I'm unhealthy or it means that I have people get really caught up in like the genetics of disability and illness or that I'm going to pass something on to my the future generation or there's just so much shame and taboo and fear, I think, that comes from being different or differently abled in our Persian Jewish world. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think there's a fear that comes with the uncertainty of, wait, I haven't seen this before. What is this? This is new or this is different. And I don't know what to do with that. And I want to stick to the things that I do know what to do with. Right. And this shows up in our dating choices, in the decisions we make with our careers, with our bodies, you know, anything. Exactly. Um, You know, our our parents or our cousins or our aunts and uncles might be like, wait, what are you doing? This is this is deviant, you know? Right. De- I think deviant is such an important word, actually, because it's like if you physically look different or even have, have a hidden disability, like you could have something like an autoimmune disorder or diabetes or any like a congenital heart disease, anything like that, it's in that way, it's like you can pass in the community and you maybe don't have to struggle as much mm-hmm. in the sense of outing yourself. But it's still the same of when I go on date. Like I have so many clients that experience this fear of when I go on a date, when do I tell the person that I have this, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And are they going to not date me because of it? The family is going to say, oh, you can't date them because then your kids are going to have develop autism or the sibling. Like, right. There's just so much fear around what it means to be physically different in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is the Jewish Iranian community's mindset around disability? And what are mm-hmm. the behaviors that you have maybe noticed in working with your clients or personally as a result of that mindset that you've seen the community express? On a macro level in the world, um, there's already taboo and stigma around what it is to to have a disability. Mm -hmm. And I think that trickles down to everybody. And I think within the Persian Jewish community, because we are so collectivistic, like I said, I think the mindset tends to be that disability is bad or people with disabilities are inferior in some way or... um, People with disabilities are incapable or even ugly um, or um, contagious. I think I've heard a lot Mm -hmm. of fear around, like, I mean, it even goes into the genetic thing of, like, you're going to catch it somehow or you're going to inherit it somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I 
there is what I've noticed to be a pervasive mindset around hiding it. And whether that's to not tell somebody, not tell people about it, or to even minimize it, or to cover it in some way, like, you know, don't wear a certain outfit because then your scar will show. Or um, when you go on dates, don't tell your dates until it's almost like a sure thing. And then they have no, you know, unfortunately, that's something I hear about often, which is like, don't parents want tell their children who are dating, don't tell them until later. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know. And so there, it's all of this that's hiding mentality that I think comes from a place of actually wanting to protect. And so if we look at it that way, it's like, what are we really protecting ourselves or other people from? And that's one of my main goals in doing this podcast, actually, is to maybe reframe what we see as disability, like that disability or illness, whatever it might be, isn't actually the uh, the thing that you are diagnosed with, but the way that we perceive what that thing is. If you have a limp, let's say, like in my case, it's not the limp that's disabling me. It's how people approach the limp mm. that disables me. That mm. that that's if I'm automatically seen as not viable for marriage or not beautiful or whatever, or like I can't come to. I mean, this hasn't actually been an experience, but it's like if you haven't an event that's not accessible to somebody that's in a wheelchair, so to speak. It's not the wheelchair that's disabled them or their disability. It's the fact that your event is not accessible Mm, and they can't come to it. Interesting. Um, So it's really reframing that it's not whatever the illness is, but how our society and the culture and the community, society as a whole is what limits us. The beliefs, the ideas, the values. Yeah. And I'm hearing, you know, I think this is great. And I'm hearing a lot about when you're the one who has a disability or your relatives, Mm. you know, are are relating to you as part of the family. And, you know, how are we going to express what you have to the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. But also what I'm curious to know is how does the rest of the world Mm -hmm. react or think about if someone else that isn't related to them or isn't them has a disability, you know? Like how others might approach the person that has the disability. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of guilt. Like we can kind of relate it to survivor's guilt. Like, oh, I'm okay and they're not and I somehow have to compensate for this. Mm, Interesting. So there's a lot of like savior complex, I think, that can come up. Sometimes people can see people with disabilities as inspirational. Mm -hmm. And while that can be beautiful because there are things that we do as people with disabilities that can be inspiring... It can also, I think it's a double-edged sword because in some way it's also infantilizing because it's not like we're necessarily inspirational because we get up every day and go to work. Like we are just everyday people that are having to live our lives Mm. and I'm no different from you Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. I'm inspirational only because of things that I do that are actually inspiring, not because I'm disabled and I I do these things. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of discomfort. Do I help them? Do I not help them? Do I talk about it? Do I not talk about it? Do I say what happened to you or do I just ignore that it's there entirely? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really pervasive experience. And that I think that comes from just we don't talk about this enough. Yeah. If we see somebody that's different in any way, it's like, oh, how do I approach this? And it's automatically disconnecting as opposed to looking and reflecting within and wondering, why am I so uncomfortable? Mm. 
instead of worrying so much about how to approach the situation, because that's not really going to do anything. It's like, why am I so uncomfortable around people that are different from me? Mm-hmm. And maybe operating from that place instead of running away from what's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I think is a really important maybe way to approach this. I love that. Yeah. So what I'm curious to know is we've talked a lot about, you know, here's where the community's at. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to hear from you, what is your vision for the Jewish Iranian community and how they relate to, you know, disability or differently abled? I think even just shifting the word, you know, mm-hmm. is so interesting. Right. So I imagine, and it's unfortunate, that if we put disability in the title of this podcast, most people won't listen to it. Mm. That there's a way in which people, I think, remove themselves unconsciously, subconsciously from the idea that we have disabilities. Mm. It's like disability becomes this, you have to be in a wheelchair, you have to be deaf, you have to, it's like these bigger Mm -hmm. things when it's, disability is like, you wear glasses, you're limited in your ability to see. Mm -hmm. If you don't wear contacts or glasses, like you have a disability Mm -hmm. or I mean, we can even go into emotional stuff, which is depression. You have to take an antidepressant. That's a disability. That's a limitation. Your question was how can what what my vision is for the community. And maybe it's that actually, again, leaning into the thing that makes us uncomfortable about disability or chronic illness. Like, why is it so scary, let's say, as a woman who has maybe a hormonal disorder to tell her partner, hey, it might be harder for me to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. or I don't know for a man to say like there's a lot of Crohn's disease in the male community mm-hmm. why is it so scary to say hey I have Crohn's mm-hmm. this might be something that impacts me our relationship potentially our kids and it's really leaning away from some from like oh it's disability it's illness it's bad I'm gonna be shunned I'm going to be undateable I'm going to be whatever the adjectives are mm-hmm. And actually leaning into it. And because I think so much of, in my personal experience and in working with clients, when we move through that shame and that internalized, um, it's, it's ableism. It's another ism in the world. And if we really just claim that we have this part of us, then we actually empower ourselves to move beyond just the label and, and, the, and what is actually disabling us. And you empower others as well. Exactly. You give other people permission to be different and own whatever their differences are. Totally. I think one of the big things that we talk about at Chaya is that there's so much pressure to conform Mm -hmm. to a specific set of rules or a formula or a way of being, Mm -hmm. which is almost perfect, you know? Exactly. And and I put quotes around that because that's a whole other conversation. But that completely relates to all of this because disability is seen and viewed as an imperfection. Right. And I guess I'm challenging that and saying, but why? Yeah. We all have imperfections. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes us so freaking awesome. Exactly. Is that like at every event that we've had at Chaya, it's been about a different part of our community. Mm -hmm. That's a taboo thing. Right. And the truth is that we're all being different about it privately in our own lives. But there's so much shame that comes with that. Right. Of like, even if it's a simple... As I mean, something, if you want to call it more relatable, a career. Like mm-hmm. there are so many people. We did a whole event. Our summer story mm-hmm. was all about creatives who decided to pursue creating as their career. I love that. And letting them know that like, 
okay, that's not the lawyer or the doctor or the right. businessman. So it's not conforming, if you right. want to call it that. And even the businessman and the lawyer and the doctor, if they decide to do that because that's what they actually want to do, right. great. Exactly. But if you just unconsciously inherit everything that the society or the community or your parents mm-hmm. are telling you to do, that's the problem. So what I love about this podcast episode is that mm-hmm. we're starting to challenge it on such a deep level of mm-hmm. what does it really mean to be different and what are your differences and what are the parts of yourself that you're really ashamed of exactly. and that you may have a hard time sometimes being like, why is this here or mm-hmm. why is this happening or what's the silver lining? And you know what? Like, that's OK, too. Exactly. I think I feel like what you're describing is an allowance to just be human. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we show up in the community and just be ourselves in whatever way, shape or form that is? If you're the like you said, if you're the lawyer, the doctor, the psychologist, like there's so many therapists, <laughs> now, like all of these things. Great. Like if that's what you've really wanted to do. Amazing. If you're the creative and that's what you really wanted to do and you pursued that. Wonderful. But if we as a I think in our generation, especially we're challenging so much of what we've inherited from our parents, like generations before that. And if we can really approach this from why am I actually uncomfortable about this? Am I afraid of being judged? Am I afraid of being excommunicated? Am I like, what is this really about for me? Mm-hmm. And moving from that place, that I think that we as a community can grow so much. And then we get so much more exposure to such amazing people. Like there's so many people in our community who I think have been scared to come forward. Yeah. Because. Who feel like outsiders. Exactly. Like this is really, it, I know it's a podcast about disability and chronic illness and all of that, but this is really for the people that just feel on the outside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's challenging the people that, maybe are afraid of the outsiders because it might mean something about them. It's like taking Mm -hmm. the outsiders as something personally, but also challenging the people that feel on the outside to really reflect, reflect, like, am I really on the outside? How can I bring myself in? Because I think as a person with a disability, it's often, it can become easier to look at the community and say, I just don't belong. And in some way, like, fuck them and operate from a bitter place too. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is just as much for the people that are able-bodied, quote unquote, and the people who are different. Mm -hmm. How do do I look within and really reframe all of the, the messages I've received about what it means to be different? Another vision that I hold for the community is lately, I think in the last few years, we've seen really beautiful and amazing coming out stories in the LGBTQ community. And we've seen so many predominantly men coming out as gay. And it's been so, so big for the community to be able to know like we have gay folks in our world and um, we can love and accept them and we don't have to be scared of it and we can allow for these other beautiful relationships to happen and flourish. And lately I've been thinking about how this is kind of another wave of coming out in the community, in the Persian Jewish community that we could have a coming out of people with disabilities, people with chronic illness, people that have different diagnoses. And in that way we can embrace more parts of our community and be less ashamed or scared of what's different or things like that. 
So yeah, that's one vision I hold is that maybe more people with disabilities can start to come forward because we're there and we're the largest minority population worldwide. And so that statistic doesn't not affect the Persian Jewish community. That means that there has to be people in our community that are struggling with illness and disability. We just have to come out. So, you know, this kind of leads me to my next question, which is how can we support a friend or a family member that we know who is, you know, differently abled and or who has a disability? So, you know, one of the first things that you're saying is to just start by looking at yourself and challenging yourself, whether Mm -hmm. you have a disability or you know someone who has a disability, is to start sitting with the feelings of what's coming up and ask yourself, why are these here and what does this mean? Right. So I'm curious to know, are there any other maybe like maybe two or three tips that you would give um, on how we can start to address some of the other areas Mm. that you mentioned, like the avoidance that comes up or, you know, the confusion about how do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. You know, or how do Mm -hmm. I relate to this person or what does this person need? Right. Do I help them or do I not? Like it's um, one scenario is you see somebody that might be harder for them to open, even simple as open the door, let's say. It's do I help them? Do I not? There's so much panic. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, this I'm sure like, this also relates to having parents or grandparents who are elderly and are also struggling with, you know, being in an older age and starting to lose a lot of their freedoms and their, exactly. their bodily functions and things like that. So this talk also applies to our parents, par- you know, our parents as Absolutely. they're kind of managing that new phase of life with their parents. Or if you have a kid with a disability uh-huh. or even just someone in the community that you know is struggling with shame because there's something about them that they think is wrong or different. Right. Exactly. And I know I'm bringing up examples of physical limitations, but this, again, it's like this could be anything. This could be somebody that has chronic pain or, again, an elderly person that's starting to develop dementia Mm -hmm. or is losing some physical abilities, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. I know you might find that this topic is something that maybe people would skip over or not talk about, but it's actually the topic that we've gotten the most requests for. Amazing. About, hey, can you do a podcast on this? Or, hey, can you run a group on this? Because a lot of people in our generation have parents who are struggling with cancer or who are sick and they don't know what to do. Right. You know, or, hey, can you open up a support group for um, our parents' generation who are dealing with their parents' generation? Right. So it comes up all the time. I think, you know, our community coordinator, Bridget Rafua, was like, we need to do a topic on this. She's noticed the difference between Mm -hmm. the American... You know, just oh, Americans and how they relate to disability yep. and then how Persians relate to disability are, it's, it's, it's alarming. It is alarming. You know? It's alarming as a person with a disability to have to navigate the both the worlds has been extreme. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think especially growing up and you're, it's, it's, there's so many different messages about it because in like the white communities, it's so... I don't know, accepted, allowed, normalized, talked about. And then you go into a predominantly Persian Jewish space and it's hide it, don't talk about it, don't tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from a place of protection and love. And it's really, that's the thing is like, what are we really protecting ourselves, other people from? Mm-hmm. That's the, me- what message are we giving off to people if we're saying that we need to hide 
something that's so normal and natural and a part of everyone's lives. I've said this to you before, but I think it's important to bring it up again is that we're all, every single one of us are temporarily able-bodied. I love that. Yeah. We're not immune to disability or illness. Not any single one of us. We all get old and we're all going to lose abilities. Mm-hmm. Whether it happens later in life or currently, it's something we're all going to have to navigate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe that relates to your question of what's one way or one vision for the Persian Jewish community is leaning into that. That maybe if we really viewed our bodies as limited as they are, we come into this world with a finite amount of time and ability. We're, Truly. Yeah, we're renting this body. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> totally. And it's fine self. <laughs> <laughs> right. And some and as in rentals, some things are gonna fall apart and we need to like tend mm-hmm. to it or what you know, and it's if we actually just allow for that and accept that to be truth and reality, then maybe we won't be so afraid. Mm-hmm. Then it then it'll just be like, Oh, now this is happening to my body. I can have all these feelings about it. I can grieve it. I can grieve the loss of it not working the way that I want it to. Or I can be scared for my parent that now has cancer or my grand- or who has Alzheimer's. Or, and I can have all these feelings. And I accept that this is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to expand myself and my emotional capacity and my bandwidth so that I could be closer to this person as opposed to run away from it because I'm afraid of what it means. Mm. I love it. You know, it's this if this if we just accept this as a truth of what it means to be in a physical body for all of us, then we can really lean into these experiences as opposed to shying away from them. And that just breeds more connection, more acceptance, more love, more joy. Otherwise, we're foregoing really beautiful possibilities. Mm-hmm. I think in any way shape or form, whether it's like we're there's kids and they get to be around some another child that's different that that the child that's quote unquote normal learns a different form of empathy from just being with another kid that's different mm-hmm. and the kid that's different learns how to feel accepted and just again quote unquote normal or just mm-hmm. be part of mm-hmm. it's like we can expand ourselves as human beings by just allowing for difference and being together and i it's all i think this sounds cheesy but like it's all love really at the end of it <laughs> i love you yeah. <laughs> so cheesy but like really it's like approaching people from this place of openness and joy and love and holding and allowance beautiful thank you every person even though we're disabled and that we might be in that community or that subset of the community we're all different. Again, even within that subset of the, we're all different. And everybody's going to have a different need or want in how you approach their condition or disability or whatever it is. And I think with that is holding that in your mind and again, leaning into the experience and simply, simply asking, what might you need from me in this moment? How can I best be there for you? When we go into this situation, is there anything that you might want? Should we ignore it? Should we, like, how can I be there? And in that way, again, it's you're not in your head about, oh, 
I have to do this. Oh, now they see this and now they don't and I have to protect them or let me do this so that it's easier for them. Like screw all of that. Just ask. Mm -hmm. This is this is truly about just connecting and being there human to human. And so while one person might really appreciate you holding out a hand if it's hard for them to to get up on a stair or another person really appreciates you visiting them when they're doing a treatment or like whatever it is, another person might not want that. And that's okay. And again, it goes back to just allowance for our differences, for what makes us human and what we all might need or want um, in those moments. Beautiful. Thank you. So thank you so much, Nicole, for your time and joining us and for all the wisdom. Thank you. You know, I respect you on so many levels and enjoy you so much as a friend and as a colleague. And I really believe in... I feel the same in, way about you. Thank you. Yeah. I love you. Love you too. And so where can we find you? How can we get more of you? Um, you so again, my practice is in Brentwood. Um, if people want to contact me related to being different in the community. That's what I'm here for. And they can email me at therapy at drnicolez.com. I do have an Instagram. It's drnicolez. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, Chaya family. Thank you for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by Chaya Community, a sacred space for Jewish Iranians to experience meaningful connection and deepen their sense of self. It's also brought to you by WeWork, Finally, a space that works how you do. WeWork's new media and entertainment locations are wired and ready for your next big creative project. From soundproof editing rooms to state-of-the-art screening rooms, our media-ready spaces have you covered from pilot to wrap. Book a tour of our newest M&E building at the Pacific Design Center, Green, by visiting we.co slash entertainment. Again, that's we.co slash entertainment. Thank you. Music is composed by Persian-Jewish artist Chloe Primorati. This song, entitled Aina, is off her award-winning album, Begin Majesty.